0: How we doing, everyone? Welcome back to the Sneaky Sports Podcast, Season Three, Episode Number Six Zero on this Friday, August Thirteenth, Friday the Thirteenth. Frank, how you doing today?
1: I'm ready for tomorrow. I'm ready for the preseason. Uh, yes. Zach Wilson.
0: We're go- yeah. So if you guys don't know, we are going to the Jets versus Giants preseason game on August thirteenth, uh, August Fourteenth, actually. Uh, tomorrow so if you guys happen to be there you know stop by we'll probably be in the parking lot tailgating and we're actually going to do a thing where we have you know where we interview you know jets and giants fans so maybe you can get interviewed if you know you want to stop by so of course that will be fun and yeah i mean before we start today's podcast i do want to make sure um to plug to plug our stuff because why not and first off you have to like and subscribe to this video if you're on youtube hit that like button, it really does go far. Um, You know, it helps the algorithm, of course. And subscribe to the channel if you want fresh daily content um, on the way for the NFL season, which is, you know, about a month away, probably less. And then of course, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure to rate and review the podcast. Uh, We actually got, I believe, two more reviews on, on Apple Podcasts, we're up to 14 now, which isn't the best, but of course, You got to keep climbing. Maybe one day we'll get to 100, but hopefully the goal is we can get to 20 by the end of this podcast. So if you haven't reviewed on Apple Podcasts, it would really be appreciated if you did. And um, with all that out of the way, let's uh, begin today's episode where we'll talk about the Giants and Daniel Jones. Should we be concerned about the current state of the team? We got the Jaguars quarterback dilemma. Is it fair to criticize Zach Wilson this early on into his NFL career? I mean, people are calling him a bust already. We got Dennis Schroeder to Boston and should you bet on yourself? Uh, Pat Riley is taking some heat, you know, for re-signing Udonis Haslam to a deal and a a roster spot more importantly, because a lot of people are upset. He's taking one of those 450 roster spots, those, you know, really precious roster spots in the NBA uh, for a guy who's played five games the past two seasons. And finally, we'll talk about the NBA Summer League, and are we overreacting to performances such as Jalen Green's? So without further ado, let's dive on in. And we begin today's episode with the New York Football Giants. My New York Football Giants. Frank, I, I can't even lie to you. It, it's not a good month. It's, it hasn't been a good month for us um, as a Giant fan. First off, we start the month with, you know, the brawl, right? And it's Daniel Jones on the bottom of the pile, which honestly couldn't be a worse way to start camp with the guy in the red jersey, the the red jersey. And he's on the bottom of the pile. I mean, you got to be serious. You got to be kidding me, excuse me. And then we got the Kelvin Benjamins comments, which I know a lot of people, you know, kind of just disregard. But to me, I think it holds some validity because you saw the offensive line coach last year you know, wanna fight Joe Judge during the practice, right? And now you're seeing all these players retire, which I guess isn't the biggest deal, but then you see Kelvin Benjamin, you know, have these comments about how Joe Judge is out, out of date with the the new players, how, you know, he's too old school, he's too, you know, harsh. And I guess Kelvin Benjamin, you know, isn't the hardest worker himself, you know, given obviously his, his, um, and I don't wanna be, but we obviously know he isn't the hardest worker because of the condition he comes into camp with. at each year, but it's still concerning when you see kind of the same thing said about Joe judge by not only coaches, but players and, you know, even executives in the NFL. So it's concerning to uh, to say the least, um, that people, you know, are saying these things about Joe judge. And then of course, to top it all off, we had yesterday and yesterday was the epitome that one play summed up the entire giants season from last year and pretty much this entire off season so far where you've Daniel Jones who snaps the ball, right? The offensive line doesn't pick up the blitz. So the, the protection is already, you know, just completely lost. And then you have Daniel Jones who throws a pass to the linebacker in the white Jersey where, where there's no blue jerseys insight, no offensive players insight. And the, then the linebacker, you would think maybe he can catch it for a touchdown, maybe a good defensive play. He drops it. So it, really, that was the worst football play I think we've ever seen in the entire offseason so far. Um, and, yeah, not looking good for us.
1: I don't know. I'm not that concerned, to be honest with you. Uh, as Booger McFarland once said on ESPN Monday Night Football, you know, Kelvin Benjamin is a Popeyes biscuit away from being a tight end. And, and he came into <laughs> training camp as a tight end, and it, it didn't You're work out. We're listening to Kelvin all-
0: Benjamin. Are right, we're listening we all time. Kind of. McFarland?
1: Yeah, I mean, he holds more credibility, I think, than Kelvin Benjamin does at this point. But I'm really not concerned. We know what Joe Judge is about. I think the Giants, honestly, you know, were decent last year. They overperformed expectations, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they added some guys this year in the offseason. I, I think, you know, if Joe Judge produces results, I wouldn't be so, like, concerned about all these comments and everything. And I think that Daniel Jones play was a little bit blown out of proportion. Um, As we know, we went to the jets green and white thing. If someone comes near the quarterback, the play is a sack. It's a sack. They stop it. And he probably just chucked the ball over the middle because of the timing and everything. And we know the coaches on the field. We don't really know what's going on exactly what they're doing in those training camps. I get it. It's funny. And everyone likes to, you know, just point the finger at Daniel Jones. What's a little bit more concerning to me is that Daniel Jones is being held out of the first preseason game against the jets. Um, I think Daniel Jones is a guy that needs a lot of reps, especially with the new guys that they have with the wide receiver position. Uh, position. And, you know, they're trying to build continuity for the offensive line. They kept a lot of the same guys as last year, which a lot of people were very surprised about. And I think their quarterback needs to be behind there. So, to be honest with you, that's more concerning to me that Daniel Jones isn't playing in the preseason opener. I know he's a veteran, technically a veteran because he's been in the league for a couple of years now, but I think he needs the most reps possible. And for me, I would have him out there, you know, for a quarter or maybe – you know, a couple of series, at least in the first preseason game to get his feet wet.
0: Yeah, I mean, I get it. Maybe I'm overreacting a bit. And I like what you brought uh, brought up about, you know, Booker McFarlane, about, you know, Kelvin Benjamin. But at the same time, you I think with Joe Judge, at least from, you know, my perspective, I'm not really too happy about what we're hearing about Joe Judge. Anytime you hear a coach is out of touch with the current players nowadays. To me, it's an immediate red flag. And you saw it, Matt Patricia in Detroit. It didn't work out. Belichick's disciples have really never worked out. And I think part of the reason of it is because there hasn't been the success that Bill Belichick had, but he also demands the same. And it's like, bro, your formula is not even working for us. And you're still making us do all this, you know, all of this, all these things in practice. And, I just think he's being too hard. I mean, you have to adapt. Like Tom Thibodeau was a perfect example because in Minnesota he was a really hard harsh coach and his style really didn't, you know, fit with Carl Anthony Towns with Andrew Wiggins with all these young guys. And he even admitted when he joined television and got to, you know, visit other locker rooms, you know, when he was, you know, not coaching in the NBA, he kind of, you know, sat back and was like, you know, maybe I'm going to change my coaching style a little bit, you know, be a little less harsh because you know, of what I'm, you know, experiencing, you know, you can always get better. You can always, you know, improve. And he adapted and in to his credit, one coach of the year, the Knicks had a very successful season this past year. You know, I think Joe judge might have to do the same with the giants because this style of, you know, we're not in the nineties the anymore. We're not, we're not in the two thousands. This is not bill Belichick. This is not new England. Well, like, you can't be pulling the same stuff you do over there w- with
1: us. Like you said, it's all about results. So, if the Giants, you know, win the you know win the division or won the division last year and, you know, we're successful and they're building on something, then this is okay. But ultimately, at the end of the day, if the players don't have something that they've seen from Coach Judge with results, then, it's, you know, it's hard. It's hard. And, you know, after the fight in training camp, I'm really not that worried about that. You know, everyone always says training camp doesn't start until there's a brawl. So I, I understand that. And I'm sure we're going to see a few more with the joint practices going on in training camp for a couple more weeks during the preseason. So I, I get that but it's all about results. Like you said, and uh, you know, we've seen Belichick do it and we've seen the results obviously, but until there's results, a lot of people won't buy into this harsh kind of hard nose mind style of coaching.
0: Frank, you know what I think about the brawl? The brawl is totally fine, but let's think about this. And I think this is really interesting. If this was the Seahawks or Russell Wilson, if this was the Bucks or Tom Brady, There is, I'm sorry, but the players would have way too much respect for those guys to dive on top of their quarterback. That shows me that they have no respect for Daniel Jones, because I'm sorry, even if it was so heated in Tampa Bay, they would never think to jump on Tom Brady. They would never think to do it on Russell Wilson. Never. It would never even cross their mind to jump on top of a quarterback of that stature. That tells me they have no respect for DJ.
1: Yeah, and it is concerning that the star quarterback's on the bottom of a pile. I mean, definitely. But, I mean, listen, I think everything's being a little overblown right now. And we know with the New York media, especially, that the Giants are going to be a target. And, uh, you know, people expect something this year, at least. You know, the division's wide open. And I think that, like I said, the most concerning thing for me is that Daniel Jones isn't playing in the preseason. Like I said, he needs the reps. He needs to be out there. And like you said, though, if the players can't get behind Daniel Jones, I think that hurts his confidence. And this is this is his make or break it year. This is it. Because the Giants roster around Daniel Jones is pretty solid. And, you know, if they had a legitimate quarterback in there, we'd be talking about them as a contender. Uh, but this is his make or break it year. Make it or break it year. And I, I don't like that he's starting. And I, I think that's something that scares me a little bit, to be honest with you.
0: Well, I'm definitely concerned about him not playing the preseason game. It's like you're not a star quarterback I mean you're Daniel Jones you better be playing any chance you get I mean you need the reps it's not like you're a proven quarterback in this league like you know a Brady a Wilson even I mean we look at Rodgers I mean there's so many other guys that I I can name that I'm probably blanking and missing off the top of my head but I mean look man this is a mess and I don't even want to talk about the Giants anymore because I'm just (laughs) I'm just really I'm really over this team honestly because I think to be honest Frank I don't. I want to hear what you have to say as a a Jet fan, but I think we win seven games at max this season.
1: I mean, I I predicted them around seven or eight wins anyways. I I don't. I didn't like how they didn't address the offensive line. I don't really like Daniel Jones, but I, I wouldn't say this would lower my standards because we haven't seen them on the field yet. Fair enough, but I don't like to, you know, make the offseason such a big deal. Um, I, I want a good to see results. To have. And, and I think Week One against Denver will be a good challenge, and I, after that, I can you know make some judgments.
0: Yeah, well, we better. It, it just shows you how badly you need to hit on your quarterback.
1: Cause yeah, it, I mean, if we
0: hit on our quarterback, we wouldn't because now we're going to be like in rebuild when we have a good roster. It's weird, like we're in a really weird spot where we in guys who are
1: rebuilding still. Talk about a team though that you know, right now has a quarterback dilemma, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, they had the first overall pick and they drafted Trevor Lawrence, but Urban Meyer still has not announced him as the starting quarterback. Um, yeah. To me, this is just mind blowing. I, I don't understand this. I told you before the podcast, I, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't think Minshew has any chance to start. Do you believe that? Do you buy into this? Cause I don't, I have no buying. I can't buy into this at all. It blows my mind. No,
0: I, I agree. Minshew does have no chance to start. Of course, he doesn't have a chance to start. I mean, it would be crazy. But what I will say is to me personally, I think we saw the same thing last year with like Joe Burrow. I mean, they always have like these, all these incidences where like, you know, there's competition at camp or whatever. But we all know that they're going to give it to T-Law. Like this is not a dilemma necessarily. I mean, I guess it technically is right because we're talking about it, but it isn't this thing that's going to, completely like break and fold on Jacksonville. I think things will be worked out eventually. Like when it's all said and done, we'll, this won't be too big of a deal. I think they'll work things out. They'll put T-Law as a starter. Then Minshew either is going to be the backup or he'll be off somewhere else. As a- yeah, but to,
1: to me, like you pick the guy, Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick. I would love to give him that boost of confidence and Urban Meyer come out right away saying, Trevor's our guy because we all know that Trevor Lawrence is the guy. Trevor Lawrence has been successful in his entire career from eighth grade on. I think he lost like three or something games. Like Trevor Lawrence is the guy for Jacksonville to turn this franchise around. He's picked a number one overall pick. Every team wishes they'd have him as their quarterback that was drafting this year. And that needs a quarterback. He is the guy to me. You come out and announce, you know, from day one that Trevor Lawrence is our starting quarterback. It gives him that confidence. And I, and I think from my perspective, I would have, I would like to do that because we know what Minchu is at best. He's a game manager at best. He's not going to go win you games. Trevor Lawrence is a guy who can go win you maybe a Super Bowl. I mean, he's a generational talent. People were talking about this guy as one of the best quarterbacks to ever come out of college.
0: Yeah. I mean, but if Minshew's competing with him in camp, what does that tell you about, you know, T law?
1: I don't know if he is though. Cause I've seen a lot of reports coming out of Jacksonville saying Trevor Lawrence has looked fantastic. And I, mean, this is I really just think it's just the clarity. I don't think, I think urban Meyer, urban Meyer wants to kind of like humble Trevor Lawrence. Like you said, um, I think that's it to me. But I, to me, I like the giving the you guy want, the confidence.
0: Yeah, you want to give him the confidence, okay? I
1: like giving him the keys because you're base when you drafted him number one overall. You you gave him the keys to the franchise, and I think you know you should keep that that way. I mean, we're going to talk about a guy now who was given those keys, and like people were like going like this already. Trevor Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I don't know. I I think
0: I'm still all on board with. Trevor Lawrence. I'm not sure if I'm all on board with urban Meyer. I want to talk about him for a little bit because CJ Henderson, I mean, their cornerback, their first round pick last year, they want to flip him for a third rounder. Now. I mean, what do you want to do? You want to flip your first round pick from last year already into a third rounder. It's an automatic loss. And then, you know, obviously, you know, the drafting of Travis Etienne is still a little bit questionable to me, even though I guess, you know, I can understand the argument for why they did. It Cause he's more of like a pass catching back and he's, he's, he, plays a different role than just an ordinary running back, Travis Etienne. But like you still have James Robinson who was undrafted last year. And that imagine that 2020 was the hardest year to be an undrafted player and earn a roster spot because of all the, the, the COVID things, you know, and there was no really, you know, preseason games. So they couldn't, you know, showcase your ability then. Like he a really like, that, that was an impossible gig to earn essentially last season with the COVID season. So for him to do that and impress and play as well as he did with, you know, the limited things he was able to work with, especially with a bad team, bad offensive line. I think if you run back with him in year two, he should be able to produce even more, you know, James Robinson.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm Urban Meyer, we're obviously questioning too. But like I said, I don't like to make this all season stuff such a big deal. I, I want to see results and I get the ETN pick and I like the familiarity with him and Lawrence. They had that, that's going to help Trevor transition a little bit, having the comfortability. Team,
0: you you think first round pick for ETN? A, I don't think late, so.
1: It's a late first round pick. I mean, Najee Harris it's was picked in the first a, round. They're, running backs were picked in the first round. Yeah, I, but, you, but the thing is, the Jags have a lot of other holes. I I get it. Talk I get to it. me
0: about this. The NBA first round picks later are bad, but
1: NFL late first round picks are still extremely valuable. No, definitely. But I, I'm okay with it. I, I'm okay. not gonna criticize that pick because I think ETN's is gonna be a player in the NBA, in the NFL. Yeah, but
0: five. to for me, five, like I, six, I four said,
1: that the thing that I don't that I don't like about this is that Urban Meyer hasn't gave the clarity and- uh,
0: Oh, look, I agree.
1: And that, that's really it. That's the only thing I can complain about.
0: Yeah. All right. Enough with the Jaguars. Let's talk about the Jets though, because something that really bothers me about rookies in the NFL and NBA is that people act like experts when talking about these guys. And honestly, it's really sickening because when you talk about somebody being a bust already- People think it makes them look smart. Dude, the only thing that makes you look like is a complete idiot. It makes you look just totally stupid. It makes you look so uninformed. And I mean, and you know what it is, Frank? It's not really just hatred. It's people want to validate their own opinions right away. They want instant gratification of being right about a pick. They want to know that they were right, right away. And they'll jump at any little headline. For example, Kyler Murray. So many people thought he would be a bust. I remember I started, the, when I did this podcast in that summer, the amount of headlines about Kyler Murray being a bust were unreal. People thought Dwayne Haskins was by far the best pick in the draft. People thought DJ and Kyler were both busts, and Dwayne Haskins was the guy. And people would do anything. Cause I remember after the first preseason game, Kyler Murray, or oh, remember only he went three for eight completion, three for eight completion, and only threw for 23 yards. So he, had low yards per attempt, low completion percentage. Right away, we saw people jump out of the gates going wild, saying, people look, I told you, Zach, uh, Kyler Murray's a bust. I told you Cliff Kingsbury wouldn't work in the NFL. I told you this, I told you that. Rex Ryan, remember his comments about Kyler Murray and, you know, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, about how they'll never work in the NFL. They'll be a bottom five offense forever. And people just want the instant gratification of being correct about their, their draft analysis. And it's it's ridiculous because it's so unprofessional. And it's just so – it's so stupid, I mean,
1: really. Well, they're criticizing this guy, Zach Wilson. I feel awful for him. It's so early. I mean, we went to the green and white practice. I didn't like that he was indecisive and shaky, but it's just the preseason. We're going to see what happens. He's struggling in tra- in training camp. It, it, this is normal. Nice. He's a rookie. The good thing that I like about what the Jets did is they told Zach he's going to be the guy um, that – we're gonna str- we're gonna go through you with the growing pains. They picked a lot of guys on offense this year to help surround him and try and flip the script, and he's gonna struggle. That's what's gonna happen. And today I, or yesterday, I heard he had a bounce back day in training camp, which was good. And then he makes his preseason debut this weekend. But I could see something just like you said about Kyler happening to Zach Wilson this weekend if he struggles in training camp. These people, for some reason, have all this unfair criticism towards Zach Wilson. Oh, I called it that he was going to bust. I said Justin Fields was going to be better. I said Trey Lance was going to be better. Why does everyone not like Zach Wilson? What did he do to anyone? I think he's a fun player, not even just being a Jets fan. He was a fun player to watch in college. He's got that little swagger to him. I'm I'm excited for him. And as a Jets fan, it is what it is. It's practice. It's training camp. He's going to struggle. It happens. I don't have high expectations for my team this year. I just want to see Zach Wilson show me that he could be a quarterback in the NFL and there's going to be growing pains. He's a rookie. What do you expect? You're going to make mistakes. And I like that coach Salah is backing Zach Wilson and he's, he's saying, I understand this. There's going to be mistakes. And that to me shows a sign of a good coach. And I think that everything's just going to be all right. It's going to take some time, but it's, it's all going to be all right.
0: Yeah. And even worse uh, no offense to chill takes on um, TikTok. I mean, I just happened to see his video on it where he called Zach Wilson a bust already. And I'm not really throwing shade at him. I, I mean, I'm not throwing shade at him personally. I'm throwing shade at his take, I guess, if you could say that. But he used Wesley Steinberg's fake tweet. And I saw, I'm not calling out just him. There were several people who used this fake Wesley Steinberg tweet who this guy is known for being a troll inside in a satire inside account for the Jets and Giants. He's known for just being a total troll about the Jets and Giants football teams. And that's where we saw the, the, the really silly report where the people in the, 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 let me read the quote. The atmosphere in the front office is tense as most personnel want to lance our fields. And the quote was, Darnold 2.0, we've done it again, said one official. That is from a troll account and people seem to be running away with it and Frank, that's what tells me that they want that instant gratification of being right about, you know, their draft bus prediction because they're willing to use fake, they're willing to see anything that they see that would potentially, you know, validate their prediction, they want to use right away. And it's so sad. They'll, they'll even go to the extremes of using fake stuff and it's just, jump at anything.
1: It's so sad because they, they're, they're so desperate to be right almost. I see some of these comments. Uh, this guy was never a first-round talent. You could watch the tape. I mean, this is ridiculous. I've said since the beginning, Fields was better. I, no Why was he drafted like so that, high? Yeah. Like NFL executives and everyone was saying this guy was the second or third best quarterback in this draft. He's struggling in training camp. He's learning a new offense. The Jets are installing new things with him. What do you guys expect? Trey Lance and Justin Fields are backups right now. They're not struggling in training camp. They're shining because they're playing against second teams. Trevor Lawrence was the best quarterback in college football for the last since he was a freshman. He he's been the best quarterback in the world in you know in the college and high school game for the last five years. We have we have generational talent expectations for this guy, and you guys are making a big deal over a fake tweet and a bad training camp practice. Wait until this guy plays. The hate on Zach Wilson is absurd. It's absurd. It's so it's it's awful. And I feel bad for him that these people are just like attacking him so much. And I really hope he proves everyone wrong. And when he does, I'll be sitting there laughing because it's just embarrassing like to see people push these false narratives and everything. This guy sucks. How do you use a fake tweet? That just shows that you have no credibility. Yeah, it does. Like uh, disgust it disgust it really disgusts me. It disgusts it, it me.
0: Good. I mean it's it's, it's just, it just people just and like I mean we said this so I'm not gonna repeat re- 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 myself again but it just it's sad.
1: Uh, I don't I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I'm actually like generally pissed <laughs> I off don't now. want
0: talk about it anywhere.
1: I'm right. ge- no I'm generally pissed off and I like like I said we saw we were at the training camp we were we met we met Zach we talked to him for a brief second and uh, we're well, going like, to we're the preseason.
0: We gonna like we got to say we talk with Zach. I mean we we kind of saw Zach but we didn't like talk with him
1: like. He, he said, speak. "What's up?" He, he said, said What's, "What's up back?" Yeah, no, I guess. Yeah, we were right next. To him. We yeah, talked right. to him for a brief second. I said, "I mean, we're going to the you know the preseason game this week. We're going to see him first, you know, first time live, live against a live defense." Um, and I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't like. He seems like a cool guy. I just don't. Everyone's like he's a Disney character, like making jokes and stuff. That's fine. But to run with these false things, like that's just messed up, man. But l- let's switch gears. Let's talk about the NBA now. And the, are we overreacting to the you know some summer league performances? I mean, people were seeing Jalen Green play really well, and they were like, oh, man, he's better than Kate Cunningham. And uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of overreactions, you know, even though the competition is obviously not that great. Uh, Talk about some guys that played really well in the summer league and didn't turn out in the NBA. We're going to talk about Glenn Rice Jr. in the 2014 summer league. He averaged 24 points per game and eight uh, rebounds. He only played 16 career games. And we're going to talk about Josh Shelby. He was the co-MVP with Dame Time in the 2012 summer league. Averaged 24 points a game, shot over 64% from three, and he only played two seasons in the NBA. And then in 2018, we know as Knicks fans, we watched Kevin Knox Mm -hmm. ball out in the summer league, knock down threes like it was nothing. And he hasn't turned out, and he, you know, is on the bottom of the bench. So I think we need to just pump the brakes a little bit. I love the hype around the summer league and um, that it's going on right now. It's fun, exactly like the you sudden said. The death
0: like, is cool, though, too. You see that it just yeah, ended on in the the in three, a free throw. Sadly, though. That
1: it's, game. it's second overtime. I saw Max Strauss hit the nice uh, three for that yeah. in someone's face. But like you said, the competition for this is a lot lower. We see guys, you know, mainly rookies and second-year guys. That's what it is. And then a lot of vets just trying to get back into the league playing in this. And it's not, you know, it's mostly bench players. Um,
0: You're like the best players, this- Emmanuel, quickly in the summer league, pretty much. It's like, Yeah, really I mean like,
1: – I and get, he's our think, backup.
0: Yeah, it's like Emmanuel quickly, pretty much. It's like the best player, and like oh, yeah, Patrick
1: so, Patrick Williams as well. Patrick like Williams, yeah. Guys. So there's like, like I said, it's a lot of guys who are on the bench for NBA teams, or will be starters maybe, and, and then second will be some contributors. Players. But it's not, you know, you're not playing against LeBron James every night. You're not playing against veterans in the NBA who know the game and understand how it's going to work. Yeah, even um, with all the veterans, you're playing against yeah, young players. This feels more defense. like a a high school open gym run to me, not to criticize them. That's just the style, you know, the, the way that it's in, a, it's in basically a high school gym, but it's not like the NBA and it's, it's no, gonna I, be I different.
0: Agree with you. No, you're, you're on the money. You're not really hating on anyone. It's just the truth. You're not playing against even, you know, let's just, you know, use a guy like, you know, like a, a bench player, like Batiste, Steibel, even you. are not playing against like just guys who were just in rotations in NBA labs. You're playing against, you know, sure you're playing against Emmanuel quickly, like Patrick Williams, but that's only like one guy on each team who's like an actual player in rotations. Most of like almost every other player, most of the players are not in rotations are rookies. There's a few outliers where you have guys like I, like I said, the William, the Patrick Williams, is the Emmanuel Quicklys who are playing. But most of these guys are rook, it just complete scrubs. And you know, you dropping twenty five points, it's, it's cool, but I mean, it shouldn't tell you you're a star. Now, if you're if you're underwhelming in the summer league, it is concerning though. If you're playing bad in the summer league, I mean, odds are it's, it might not turn out well for you. I mean, if you're playing bad consistently in the summer league, there's some concern, but if you're playing well, it's not necessarily a thing that you're going to be a star anymore.
1: No, because you see a lot of guys playing really well, and then guys will go into the NBA and they're going to not play many minutes and it's going to be tough. It's a tough transition.
0: But Jalen so, Green, though, I mean, he was the second overall pick, so I think he'll he'll be really solid. You know? Oh,
1: yeah, I mean, he, second overall pick for a He's reason. It's nice. just good. This is really just good for guys to get their feet wet before they go into the training camp and, you know, do the preseason games then for the NBA. This is why this is good, It's a just cool to get a run pick. out there. I like the summer league. Yeah, just to get a run out there, really. You know, that's what they're trying to do. And you can kind of understand and see a little bit guys starting to understand the game and stuff like that. But, you know, it's just like a kind of like a rough draft for a paper. It's not the real thing. Um, it could be close, but it's not the real thing. So, I mean, you know, I'm not one to overreact, but I like to see, you know, guys performing well in the summer league and kind of show you something, maybe that they improved on, especially for Emmanuel quickly from a Knicks perspective. We didn't really see him play make as much uh, when he came off the bench for the Knicks. He was just kind of like a spark plug score. And we're seeing him a little bit more in summer league play make. So I like to see like things like that added to a game, possibly. We'll see how that transitions, but it's a good time for guys to work and, you know, see what's new, see what they can do. And that's it. Like I said, it's a rough draft.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. All right. Let's talk about Dennis Schroeder. Um, He signed with the Boston Celtics on a one year, $5.9 million deal. It was the taxpayer mid-level exception, but that's really not what people are talking about. A lot of people are obviously, you know, you know, trolling, clowning him for, um, you know, obviously declining that four year $84 million extension, From the lakers during the season this year was around february i believe where it was reported to be offered and he did decline that that extension but i'm gonna say this as as my little rant people always talk about betting on yourself right and you know how you should always bet on yourself never sell yourself short and you hear all those stories of like undrafted players who bet on themselves and then they get good contracts like duncan robinson but And then they're always applauded. Like, oh, congrats. Like you did a way to bet on yourself. Keep betting yourself, bro. Like you always have to bet on yourself. But then like when somebody like does it and it doesn't work out, all of a sudden those same people who comment, oh, you should have done that. Good job for betting on yourself. Now they're mocking him. Like bro- You should
1: have taken the money. Yeah. That's what they'll say say.
0: Is that I would much rather bet on myself and lose than regret you know, taking the deal, because let's say he would have turned into a $200 million player a year. I don't know, hypothetically, like even like 125, 150, even later, like, like let's say 125 or like a hundred, even let's say a hundred. If you would have, you know, took in the deal for four year, 84 million, but you could have got a, f- a five year, hundred million dollar deal, like a five year, 125, then you would have been pissed at yourself. I would much rather, you know, bet on yourself and have it fail than your regret, you know, not taking the risk because, Look, you guys. But, people are forgetting this though.
1: He, but could did he really live. have a? Did he really have a risk staying with the Lakers
0: for four years, eighty-four million? Well, he could have got more money. Is what I'm saying. So you would you would regret not taking the risk. You would regret. But not he have got
1: more money. I, did, I don't money. think he would have gotten more money though, because he hit the open market and he got
0: nothing. Well, if he played good in the playoffs, because remember he declined the extension in February. So my perspective I, is, you could have played good in the playoffs, and if you played good in the playoffs. Was like the second option, and they made it like the conference finals. Maybe Frank, he could have got a massive deal, and that's what maybe he was thinking. And then it didn't pan out. I would much rather have it where I lose like go from 84 million to like 10 million dollar deal than you know possibly losing out on like 30 40 million because I want to play it safe and take a deal for 84 mil. But what I'll say, Frank, is he still has time to turn it around. Remember, oh, definitely, this is an off season where. You know the the contracts are handed out are not that big we're coming off a of COVID where the NBA lost a ton of money the cap's only gonna go up next year and the market for players is, is not the best because not, not a lot of teams have money to spend a lot of teams don't have any money to spend this year so he took a one-year deal which is smart and if he plays good I guarantee you he's gonna get a five-year 100 million dollar deal if he plays like 18 points per game and he will and then he'll look like the genius and he'll, get, he'll come out on top. It's not over yet. He's It's not done. And he's already gotten a massive contract by the Thunder. He's already gotten paid, I think, twice now because he got paid by the Hawks once already and then the Thunder. He's gotten paid multiple times. He doesn't need more money. He's rich. And it's funny how all these poor people, and not poor people, but people who make less money than him are clowning him. Like when you speak on a millionaire's pockets, bro, you're, you're speaking of a millionaire's pockets. He makes way more money than you, bro. Like you have no room to talk just some random guy who's, you know, making like like 50K a year. I mean, it's always the people who make no money, who always have so much to say about other people who do, who do, make, who do make
1: money. You know? It's all jealousy. I mean, that's what it is. But the thing is, Schroeder is a guy that is going to prove himself, like you said. Before you said, you know, we've talked about scouts times. Before COVID hit him, he was doing really well for the Lakers. And then he kind of had that unfortunate stretch where he, he got hit with the, with the virus, and then the playoffs obviously struggles. But the entire team struggled in the playoffs. Who played good for the Lakers in the playoffs? LeBron didn't play good. Anthony Davis was hurt. The whole team struggled. So, of course, he's going to be part, a part of the struggle. So, listen, it is what it is. I like going to Boston. I You know, with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they needed a point guard desperately. He could be that third-scoring option. He's kind of going to be like the Kemba Walker this year. Not a great playmaker, but a good scorer. And he's still a young player. Like you said, he got paid multiple times. And, I, you know, I think Schroeder is going to play well this year, and I'm rooting for him because of, you know, this story now.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm definitely rooting for him too because Boston got a much-needed upgrade of point guard uh, in, in terms of what they had, not Kemba Walker, I'm saying. But what they had was Peyton Pritchards, their starting point guard, so they needed a point guard desperately. The one thing I am concerned about is Schroeder isn't the best playmaker. He's more of just a scorer, um, a kind yeah. of a spark plug off the bench like kind of quickly is like he could shoot the three at a, at a good rate. He's more of a scorer than a playmaker, and Boston needs playmaking, not more scoring. So yeah. that's kind of interesting.
1: Well, Boston's lack of aggression, we we know. I mean, to me, someone like Lonzo Ball would have been nice with Boston, that but is. ultimately, at the end of the day, getting him for have six make it work is steal, though. six millions a steal yeah. for Boston for sure, for sure.
0: So this is but, overall pretty solid.
1: Yeah. Now let's talk about our last topic of the day. Pat Riley is currently taking heat for re-signing Udonis Haslem to a contract. And people are saying he's like wasting a roster spot almost because not doesn't play. Last year, he only played three total minutes and got ejected in those minutes. Yes. In the previous year, he played four games. So he's played five games in the last two years. He doesn't play anymore. He's there for his veteran presence. But people are, you know, making this something because someone like Isaiah Thomas, right now, who currently just dropped 41 points in a prom game, is guys. out of the league. 81 80 points, 80. sorry, is out of the league. And you know, unemployed because someone like Udonis Haslam is not playing minutes is taking up a spot on a roster. So what do you think of this? To me, like I said, I think, you know, maybe one more year of this and they can get away with it and then that's it. But uh, I think he should just be an assistant coach if he still wants to be around the team.
0: Look, I have no issue with Miami doing it. Like the fact that Miami's getting criticized for it to me makes, I mean, it makes no sense. You look at the roster in the NBA, 15-man roster, right? There's 15 people on each team. The reality is that only 10 guys had max play, and that's a lot. Like it's more like eight guys, realistically, if we're being honest. It's more like especially when you get to the playoffs. Yeah, and let's say for injuries, let's say we'll have we'll throw 10 guys play because some guys are hurt on you know any given night. So let's say 10 players usually play in games every night. There's five guys that just will not see the court ever, and you have to be accepting of that role. So if Udonis Haslam is the 15th man on the team, why do we have a problem with that? Because the 15th man on any team will never see the court. They'll never see the court. So do you want Isaiah Thomas to be the 15th man on the Miami Heat instead of Udonis Haslam? Would that make you so happy, everyone? Because the way I see it is if you're the 15th man, you need to be accepting of the role. And you're already like a player coach as a 15th man. It's like a Theo Pinson, a Jared Dudley. That's the role of a 15th man plays. And Udonis has them all for something that no coach could. It's the fact that he is relatable to the players because he still has insane relationships with the players. He's on the team planes. He's sitting next to Jimmy Butler, next to Bam Adebayo, has insane relationships with these players. So then when it comes to game time and, you know, someone makes a mistake, he can... Hold them accountable, yell at them, and they won't be mad at the guy. They'll be like, you know what, I- I'm gonna listen to OG because you know what he's saying is true, and I'm not gonna get pissed and you know be all petty about it because they know, you know, he just wants the best for them, and he's just trying to hold them accountable. So it creates that relationship where you can still get mad at him, but be best friends, and that's the type of thing a coach can't offer, which UD and Jared Dudley and all those guys can.
1: So yeah, because they're in the invaluable. locker room, they're that yeah. valuable.
0: So I don't have a problem with this at all.
1: I just Yeah, I, like I said, I don't either. But I don't think that the he will be able to get away with it, you know, maybe again because of people yeah, talking like, about it. Too, right? so, it yeah, cool, exactly. Right? So maybe this is the last year of it. But like you said, he offers that, you know, sense of veteran experience. He knows exactly how most situations are going to play out because he's been there, done that before. And he offers that peace of mind, that smart peace of mind that he can, you know, give to players in the middle of a game. And a lot of players will respect it more because it's coming from a former player. You know, they might not listen if it's an assistant coach. Or they, you know, might listen, but it's not the same. You're in a different perspective when you're in the locker room spending time with the guys like UD is at this point. So that's why I'm okay with it. And it's it's helpful. And his impact on the team for someone who doesn't play is through the roof.
0: Do you think they'll retire is his number 40? Because he's rocked number 40 yes. his entire career. With
1: yes, he, his number is getting retired.
0: Because he's played 859 games, 19 seasons with the Heat.
1: His number is getting retired. There's no question in my mind. There's no question.
0: Believe it or not, he's actually started 500 games. Like people who forget about has Haslam, he used to be a guy for six, seven seasons who averaged 12 points a game around like nine boards. So he used to be like a pretty solid like backup center, even starting center, you know, for most of his career. So he was a pretty good like starting solid center for them. So, yeah, I definitely think you're right. And then now, obviously, the last five seasons, he's only played in 45 games the past five years, which is really where all the controversy sparks from about, about him really not playing and how he's been like a bench warmer the past like five seasons. But look, I mean, like I said, his skill set is unreplaceable, so he has to be on the team. Yep.
1: One.
0: Um, that's gonna be it for the Sneaky Sports Podcast season three, episode number sixty. We appreciate it. Episode number sixty already, it's August 12th we'll probably get to like 90 episodes this, this uh, season. Cause I don't, I think we've already missed like some weeks. So it's hard to get to 104. Cause I think the max is 104 if you do it like every single time. Yeah. Time. Cause
1: 52 weeks times yeah, two so
0: Yeah. We missed like, I think probably like five total So we might get to 99, but like probably like around like 95 ish. We'll obviously probably miss another week. I'm sure, you know, it's, we're not going to be around like every single week, but I mean, getting to like 90 episodes would be pretty impressive. So we're on that part I mean, already 60 by August. It's pretty incredible. So Um, Once again, we appreciate all the support on the podcast recently. Um, uh, Once again, just go follow our socials, our TikTok, our Instagram, our Twitter, and make sure to subscribe to the channel. If you're watching on YouTube, like this video. And if if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure to rate
1: and review. We'll see you all in the next one. And we appreciate you stopping by. Peace.